friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. All right, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is Patty Lynn White, and I will be your host for today. And we have Jacqueline Stamper as our guest today. We are going to dive into kind of a crazy topic on why am I still single? Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this is that not only are we dealing with those in their 20s, we're also dealing with, I have so many people, and even after the pandemic, where they have gone through a divorce and now they're back into single life. So why am I still single? What is going on? And hello, God, are you still out there? Mm -hmm. So Jacqueline graduated from GCU and she has been a missionary in England and East Asia. She's also been a teacher for six years, as well as working as a children's pastor in the church. Uh, With that said, welcome, 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 Jacqueline. How are you today? Thank you so much, Patty. I'm great. Thank you for having me. So Jacqueline, you are 30. Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) You're you're still single. And I just have to say, I I met you almost a decade ago at uh, UCYC. We were both there uh, as camp leaders and you, you just shine, 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 Jesus. And I just want you to know that you had an impact on me. And so if I could have married you off, um, <laughs> if, I, if I could have, uh, you know, done the whole, what's it called when you blind date or set up or arranged uh, marriage? Well, <laughs> well no, the arranged marriage, that, that's what I was trying. If I could have like done that, provided that for you, I would have, I would have found you 5,000 husbands. I'm, oh my I'm God. funny. <laughs> So <laughs> if you're out there and you need to be matched up, you you get a hold of me, pattylynnwyatt.com. You go there. So Jacqueline, tell us your story. Like, uh, I want to hear the, the deep, dark secrets about it. Like, when did you, were you 14 when you're like, I'm getting married when I'm right out of college? <laughs> what were your thoughts? Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I'm like, you know, I think back to how, how were, how are my ideas of marriage formed? Honestly, I come from a a rough, I would say marriage from my parents, but young, I was like obsessed with romantic comedies, right. In high school. And so I'm like, get all these ideas of like, Oh my gosh, she's going to take me to the prom and then we're going to get married. You know, and I wasn't like ever serious. I never in high school was like, I can't wait to be married. But I think I always thought like, by the time I'm 22, I'm going to be married because when you're 14, that seems old. <laughs> 22, you're like, that's like that. I'll be married and probably have a baby. You know, you're like, what? Um, and some people do, don't get me wrong. But um, yeah. I you know that's definitely the idea that I had. And so then I became a Christian in high school. And I feel like that was formed even more because it was just really pushed of like, you know, dating, be intentional and get and it. Dating should be to get married. And so I had a high school boyfriend. He was a Christian. And he was like, so down to get like our senior year. He was like, I know I want to marry you, blah, blah. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that. So I really <laughs> broke up because I just like did not know what that even meant. And so I did ministry for a while and I just was not even concerned about it at first when I was like 18, 19, working at camps in college. I'm excited about all this new stuff I'm learning. And I had, um, actually I was like praying about it one time in college and I was like, Lord, 
like, am I going to meet my husband here? Like, I, I don't know why I was so like starting to get obsessed with that idea of like college equals meet your husband. But I <laughs> literally started thinking about that. And I was like, am I going to meet my husband here? And I seriously, I'm not kidding. I had such a clear, like, like prompting from God that was like, no, you're not going to meet your husband at GCO. And I was like, oh man, all right. Okay. But I just really did feel really trusting at the time that was like, okay, great. I'm stoked about that. And I trust you guys. Like, let's do this, whatever's to come. So that was great. And I did a lot of different ministry things. Like I said, I worked at camps, I traveled and was a missionary. Um, and then by the time I turned 25, something flipped where I was like, wait, I'm still single. And this is not as easy as I thought. And I had had a couple of boyfriends in between those times. Don't get me wrong. They were not from GCU. So the Lord was faithful in that. But, um, <laughs> and I, you know, there was one in particular that I really thought was it and it wasn't, and it was heartbreaking, devastating. Um, so by the time I was 25, I was like, man, Lord, like I trust you. And like, we're in this life together, but I don't, I'm like, don't, get it. Like, how do you even work in dating? And what does this look like? Am I ever going to get married? Like, how do you feel about that stuff? Because, you know, there's all those like things that are like, well, if you're called to singleness, it's the highest calling. And you're like, wait, I don't, am I called to singleness? Like, I, I remember having that thought where I was like, am I called to singleness? And I remember talking to, when I lived in the UK, one of my friends, she was old, quite older than me. She was still single and she was struggling at the time of like, I want to be married, but I'm not. And she basically was like, well, maybe I'm just called to singleness. And I, and I prayed about that a lot when I was starting to struggle. And I was like, I don't think that's a default. I don't think that calling is higher and greater because it's a calling, not because it's your default. Like, oh, I'm just going to be single, I guess. So that's what my punishment is. And like, I don't, I just don't, that's not who God is. And that's, that actually, I feel like makes that calling like, like discredited almost because it's really amazing. Those people that do choose that. And that's really hard. Um, and so anyways, I, I, I just started to wrestle with that, but it's not a default, but definitely by the time I was 25, I was like, what the heck God? Um, I thought this would happen by now. Most of my friends are married. Some of them are having kids already. What are we doing here? I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you brought up a, a good point. I remember I, I was 25, when I got married and right around, like you said, in that season, when you're in your early twenties, um, not liking the verse from apostle Paul of first Corinthians <laughs> seven, 32 through 35. I won't forget it. Uh, how single singleness allows you, you know, to be more devoted to God than, and it's harder for, for the married people and thinking, I don't know. I would really like that companionship to do Jesus together. I don't really necessarily need to be alone in this and, and struggling with that because I think that there's a rooted fear there because we, we have been created. We're wired for those relationships. And mm -hmm. I know for me, you know, with a lot of, of, of women that I have been around, you have this desire to have a family. Like we want to make babies and I love the the making part of it. So <laughs> it's like, are you kidding me, God? Like, really? And I, I remember being, you know, 16 and sitting there in church when our pastor would talk about, you know, Jesus was going to return before, you know, whatever it was at the time and thinking, okay, God, please don't come back until I, I'm able to have sex. And it kind of rushed me into thinking, 
I really have to get married. Right. <laughs> like this has to happen. Right. And I think we do that sometimes in, in the church where we do so many programs, you know, for which we should right? for families, for children. And as, as a single person, it's like, once you get out of the college group, then you're just kind of in floating land and you try, I've known a lot of, you know, young adults where it's like, okay, let's start a group from 18 to 29. And, you know, then you're 20 have the cool people and then it's like all the weird creepers and that's horrible that we even can say that <laughs> because the church is for everyone it's for the sick it's for the misfits yeah. it's like but I get it when you're 21 and you're like oh you know and, and then you can't show up for the young adults because you have the creeper guy that keeps coming over there to you and sitting next to you. And you're like, okay, Jesus, I really, really want to be there. I want to be Jesus with skin on, but I can't handle it. And, you know, finding those boundaries. So breathe into that, Jacqueline, as I just exposed some of those people that say that. Not me. I was sharing for a friend. Right. I know. <laughs> It's so funny too. I remember like being a young adult as well of like, you go to a, a new, let's say I, I go to like a college young life night or a new call, a new church night. You're like, what if I meet someone here? Like everywhere you go, you're like, what if I meet someone? And I, I had, I honestly, like, I started to get sick of that mindset. Even I was like, ah, oh, yeah. this is just frustrating. I feel distracted by this now. Like I know Lord, like you hear the desire of my heart and you're like, as I seek you, we align and you honor that. And we go in this together. But like, I was felt like distracted by it. So I just like, oh man, I had to really go through some laying down. You know what? That's a really good tip because we do. Everything is, you know, what what happens here. And and that even works on so many things, even beyond uh finding that mate where depending on what you do as a career, like for me, I, I think, what if I meet someone that uh, they're going to ask me to come in and, you know, consult? What if I meet, you know, you kind of are in that space where you lose sight of being fully present because you're, you're thinking that. Um, and instead of, so asking yourself, what would it look like if I trust God enough you know, I know he has character. I know he's competent to put my future in his hands. And we start just praying for that, that focus and that clarity to develop our character, oh, yeah. um, to know what our God-given mission is um, during this season. But it's easy for me to say that. It's very trite to say it. And yet the beauty and the depth of that, if we really can truly have that prayer. So tell us your, your, the darkness <laughs> and then share with us, like, were you praying this? Did you feel this? What, what happened here yeah. in the last decade of your life? No, that's good. So I'll, you know, I, I think I definitely was praying into it for a while. I was like oblivious though. I was like, I'm just doing my life for Jesus and it's fun. And I love this. I'm doing these new adventures. I'm going to new countries. Like, this is awesome. And I did have more space for that in my mind because I, but I, but at the same time, I had a, a severe, big trust, like a really big trust that God would bring it when it was time. But like I said, when, when it was, when I turned 25, like something switched in me and I got insecure, like for sure. Yeah. There was like insecurity that cre crept in and I started just to question, is there a reason I'm still single? Is, 
Uh, is there something wrong with me? Am I not I'm comparing yourself? Am I not as pretty as this person? Or am I not as passionate as this person? Or, you know, you start like looking at the guys you had crushes on. You're like, he married her, you know, just horrible. Like, so like, <laughs> like, come on, she got married. But you're like, and I started, I mean, honestly, though, I was really idolizing marriage and in the letting and, and making it something that God did not intend it to be, which is an idol. And anytime we're doing something out the Lord outside of the Lord's design, like sin creeps in. Right. And so like insecurity started creeping in, like I said, and, um, I was still teaching at the time, by the time I was 20, I think I was 27. I had met this older guy, much older than me. And he was through family. So I had, I was familiar with him, didn't know him that well. And he was not a Christian though. And he had asked me out and I was flattered because I remembered him because again, like I've known him a long time and I crushed on him when I was younger, but never thought, cause like, he's a lot older than me. And, uh, so I remember talking to my roommate and I was like, Oh, this guy asked me out and he's like, so cute. And I I'm flattered, but he's not a Christian. And I had been a Christian for a while and had only dated Christian dudes and was really devoted. And she was like, I mean, you know, it's kind of like the attention's nice because we're both like older and like waiting around. <laughs> That's how it felt. But I was like, yeah, the attention is nice. Like I'm down to go on this date just because it's a good distraction, literally admitting I wanted a distraction. And so I started going on dates with him and had a good boundary on it. And then all of a sudden I didn't and he kept pursuing me and then I allowed him to pursue me. And I was wrapped up in something that was like super not what I wanted in waiting. And I was allowing sin to creep in, insecurity take over. This guy ended up being very manipulative and not actually wanting something serious, but didn't want to let me go. And that was like an on and off unhealthy thing for like a year and a half, I think, almost two years. It was awful. And I felt horrible. Oh my gosh. I felt so bad. And I'm like, I'm, and all my friends, I mean, my best friends were like, Jacqueline, you are not the person we ever thought would go through this. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I need help. I, I don't even know why, how I got here at this point. Yeah. But that's what sin does. It's like a little lie of like, something's wrong with you. Like, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like in this dating this guy that you're like, I just never wanted this. Yeah. You know that that's so powerful for, for people to hear. Uh, we're all capable of going down that that path, uh, like you said, that's that's what sin does. When you just open up that portal, and then you think, "How did I get here?" Because this is not how I saw my my future. So w- now you're in this place. How did how did you get out? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing is the friends that did not leave me, and the God that still led me. Gosh, and. Because in that process, I had a couple of friends that were like, this is too much for me. I can't hear about you being sad about this guy and going back to him constantly. I can't don't talk to me about it anymore. And that was really hard because I knew it was wrong. Like I was I wasn't really ever in the place. I was like, it's fine. It's amazing. I knew it was wrong and I knew it wasn't God's best for me. And so I just needed people to help me be strong at that point. I was so weak. And so I had really some other really good friends though that were that for me, reminding me who I was, reminding me how much God loved me, reminding me of my identity in Christ. And I took it upon myself to reach out to them and just continue to see people and be in community. Um, I think if I would have shut myself off, especially when I was hurt by a couple of friends, oh my gosh, I would have been even worse. Like the devil like loves when we isolate and we're alone. And um I had to eventually change 
direction almost like literally like walk a different way as far as like not see this guy which was really hard but I actually still was on and off kind of poking around seeing him until I I changed jobs I moved out of the house I was in was with a bunch of friends that became very toxic and I, I had to change direction in a lot of areas of my life to like remove myself from this other unhealthy toxic thing that was like overwhelming me and taking over I literally just feel like the enemy was like attacking me in every way and I had to like just change do like 180s in all these areas of my life wow yeah you know and and so many women I know when I I coach a, a lot of women leaders and there's a lot of talk about that the loneliness the pressure the lack of mentors. And and I, I appreciate what you said because you said I reached out to them because so many times when we're in that place of isolation, we start doing that negative narrative in our head of nobody's reaching out to me. I don't have friends. I don't even know who I can call. Everybody has has left me. And you know, we hear it our whole life. Like it, you know, you have to be a friend if you if you want a friend. And it's like, okay, so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And it's making those simple choices. It's moving forward. I, I always say um you have your basement friends and your balcony friends. So you have some that are gonna pull you down and you acknowledge that, like, wait, okay, these are the friends I don't need, the toxic ones in my life are the ones that are gonna pull you up. And you know, finding those people, reaching out to them as you are struggling with, you know, the the juggling of leadership and career and family and community or completely going into that spiral of, of isolation. So I, I think that's just a huge tip. If you're in that place, like look at the list of people of, of who you've had in the past. And if you can't think of who you can call, to get into a life group or get into some area where you have a support group and be able to share some of these um, feelings. And you're so right that you actually had a friend that said, I, I can't handle it. I can't handle you bouncing back, being the yo-yo. You know that this person's not right for you. This person's toxic because I have been there too. I have counseled with people where I want to scream, like just stop it. <laughs> Like sever the relationship. What part of this do you not get? And it starts pulling you down when they're super close to you and you intimately love and adore them that you finally go, all right, I have to set my boundaries because now you're driving me crazy. And yet that's horrible. It's horrible that we finally get to that point where I'm exhausted with your dysfunction. (laughs) I know it's hard because I feel, you know, I feel like there is like, you know, areas of boundaries and being truthful, like being truthful to those people. And so it's like, I think it was just hard because I was very aware that it was wrong. And it was more of like, I felt beaten down when I just needed someone to stay, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, were you able to share that? Because I've actually had a friend say that. I feel like on one hand you say, I'm here for you, but then you haven't been. Like you're not taking my 2 a.m. phone calls, you know, <laughs> it's like, what, what do you do? What do you do with that? Like, how, were you able to go back to some of those friends and say? Yeah, we did. We ended up talking and reconciling. It was two Good. of them specifically. And um, I would say it's not the same in those friendships. And it, it's mostly because I feel like it took, we waited too long to reconcile uh-huh. was the biggest route. I think 
everything can be reconciled. But I do, I do think it, it took too long to like become where it used to be. And I think with time, things can be rebuilt. I'm not that person that's like, Oh, you're dead to me. That I think that's yeah. not, that's not how it should be ever. But we don't have the same life crossover as much anymore to build it up to where it was. Um, but we definitely talked about it and one was more receptive than the other um, because one has gone through something similar. The other one kind of was just like, well, you're seeing it this way. I'm seeing it this way at this point, we're just going to have to like say sorry because we both hurt each other. And that's just where it kind of ended with that. And we are friends still, but it is true. It's like she felt hurt in some ways. I felt hurt in other ways. We both hurt each other. And I don't know if we're ever going to see completely eye to eye on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want, I want to talk about some tips that you, you said there, and then I want to go into some really cool things that are going on in your, in your life right now. And, and when I say that, I hear myself say it out loud and I'm like, wait, there were really cool things going on in your life the last decade. You know, once again, we put so much of that emphasis on, okay, now your life's getting cool because of X, Y, Z and you've had amazing things, but so, so looking at that and some tips that singleness can be a gift, right? It's rethinking our thinking and realizing God is good and he's got this. And so when we say trust in God, you know, what does that really mean? Like you said, not going to every single event going, what if I meet my future spouse? I mean, that's a good question, but we don't have to be looking under every rock, uh, just being able to see that trusting that God is going to take care of it. And so that's, that's a huge tip. Uh, and then the other one is, is being grateful and, and all things are powerful that God, uh, just being, being grateful. Um, and I see you that way, like it, it comes out your pores, even when you, um, are in this dark place, God's going to get you through it. And, and now how do we, as you said, that portal of allowing sin in. How do you get out of that and and move forward? And you were saying putting that community, putting people that love on you and can lift you up and pull you out of the pit. So now you're in a different place. And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, there's just so many of us that we we want to trust God with things in our life, right? Like, I, Lord... I need a new job. Will you provide that job? I trust you. God, I, I know you're going to provide this house for us. I know you're going to provide for our family, for my kids, whatever it is. But for some reason with like love and stuff, it gets really scary because we cannot control it. in any way. You cannot like force love. You cannot force connection chemistry and you cannot force the best person to meet them right away or whenever that is. And so I think like getting to that place of recognizing that number one of like, wow, I am lacking trust because if I trust God with all my heart and all my life, this is a huge area that I can surrender and just trust God and know that it will happen. And he loves me. I think that's the biggest thing is like changing our mindset to like, God is good. His character is good. His intentions are for good and and for love. Um, and so it's not that he's like a pun. He wants to punish us by being faithful and obedient. Like that's all we can do is just be faithful and obedient. But I, um, like I said, I stepped out of a job, stepped out of some friends groups and I, um, at my new job, actually, um, I met somebody, which is crazy because like I said, going into other jobs, you don't just want to think like, Oh, what if I meet someone? And I'm serious. This job, I almost took a job in Hawaii, number one, but I, and I like love adventure. So I was like, yes, I'm going to Hawaii. And then I had no peace about it and felt like peace about this other job, even though it was a job I didn't want. I was like, okay, we're doing it. 
And I, in the first day, like met this guy and I instantly crushed on him. And I was like, dang it. (laughs) And I told the Lord, I was like, I don't want to be distracted. Like, I'm really just going to surrender this to you because I don't want to get in this place again where I go somewhere new and like hope and wonder and disappointed. And so I really was surrendering it. And lo and behold, the guy had a girlfriend, so I couldn't do anything about it, right? I literally had to just befriend him. And so we were both, we were coworkers. Our offices were literally next door to each other. We shared a wall. <laughs> and I had to see him every day, and I had to surrender it all the time. And we became really good friends, though, and our little team was really close. We'd all hang out all the time. Um, but I'm not, I mean, the feelings were definitely there. I cannot lie about that. But I had to a lot of refining things with God. Um, and so finally I just pray, started praying differently though. And I just felt like the Lord convict me and say here, like number one, trust me, but number two, you need to ask for it. If you want this, I want to be a part of it with you. So it's not that like you have to ask and I finally give it to you. It's like, I did not know how to bring God into that area of my life. And so I, started praying very intentionally and specifically about my future husband, about what I would want in a person. I wrote things down. And um, there was one morning, this is like, some of you might be like, what? No way. But there was one morning I was driving to work. I pick up my assistant and we're going to a networking thing. And um, I, before, I'm sorry, before that I was driving to work, I should say to pick her up. And I was praying and I was like, God, if this guy is not, my uh husband or literally said that not my husband then uh just help me to be his friend and take this from my heart and if he is then you got to break him up with this girl because I will not do anything (laughs) I will not do anything unless they're broken up so I pick up my assistant we're driving she goes Jacqueline I have to tell you something and I was like what what she's like you have to park the car first you're gonna freak out because she honestly knew I didn't she was the only person that knew out of this crush on this guy she's like they broke up and I literally was like no freaking way I'm like I tell you what I prayed literally this morning and they had broken up a couple days before that but I had no idea yeah and so I for me that was like yeah confirmation but even still you guys I was still like I don't know so um fast forward we did start dating he's the best ever I can't believe that we actually it was like a dream come true and we actually just got engaged a few months ago and we're getting married in the fall which is crazy (laughs) I love it that is such a a great story Jacqueline truly And once again, you know, putting your trust in God, God is faithful. And so if you can give one tip in 30 seconds for those single women that are are out there, I want to break into that song, you know, all the single women, all the single women. (laughs) So what would you say? What would be the, the big tip for them? I would say, don't overthink it. Um, take risks, do fun things. And surrender that over to God um, if you know him and he's going to take care of you. He's not, he hasn't forgotten about you. Um, Don't overthink it. Love it. So great tip. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for being on the show. It has been an honor and we will talk with all of you out there next week. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.